the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But we're back and we're going to do a show here. Um, what's going on today? Well, we got to talk about the Omicron virus. As you know, that's a, that's a big deal for a lot of people, for the whole world. Are you still there? I am. I'm with you. Okay, good. So this new variant of concern came out, as I said last week, out of South Africa. appears to have uh, arisen in Botswana, and now the uh, main center of South Africa is the, the epicenter, I would guess, of the whole thing right now. And they, like I was telling you before the show, they went from, oh my gosh, they went from like seven-day average of 471 cases on November 19th to uh, 6,507 day average on December 4th. So in two weeks' time, they have gone, what, 10 times the number of cases. That's, now, the good thing that's is... That's crazy. That's a crazy number, Doc. That's really contagious, isn't it? It's really contagious, and uh, that that is worrisome. It's much more contagious than the Delta virus. It took the Delta virus months to uh, really ramp up, but this seems like it's going to be within a few weeks it'll be everywhere and in great numbers so it uh, is now 70 percent that's pretty amazing so in that short period of time and can the here's the thing if people are not vaccinated if they're not uh, wearing their mask if they're not taking precautions then they're going to spread the virus and the more the virus spreads the more it will have the chance to mutate. These are primitive, uh, uh, not even really living organisms, and they can they have such a small amount of genetic material that they can mutate rapidly, easily, uh, as they pass through host uh, after host. So this is why we are really uh, desperate to get people vaccinated, as much as everybody around the world is fighting, and they had thirty thousand people marching in uh, Vienna, Austria today because the government is mandating vaccinations. Well, today, I guess now it's nighttime there or it's evening there. So they're probably done marching, but they're what about six, seven hours behind us. So afternoon anyway. So this is worldwide and people are protesting everywhere and governments are trying to uh, get people to take the vaccine and to uh, wear mask and social distance and all that and people are saying well we're tired of this well <laughs> you may be tired of it but you know what if you're not vaccinated you're adding to the problem and that is worrisome to me because i'm on the front line here ken yeah I i'm seeing sick people all day long and you know it's not fair to me it's not fair to healthcare workers it's not fair to those who are highly vulnerable and susceptible to uh, not only catching the virus, but dying from it. So it, it's not something that, that this is not uh, some authoritarian takeover of the world. This is not an opportunity for world leaders to seize more power. Uh, it's an opportunity for them to exercise their power in a rational and helpful way. And, you know, as much as I enjoy watching the news, there's a, a lot of pushback, especially on Fox, against mandate, mandated vaccinations. Well, to me, it's, as you know, from the app said, I have been pro-vaccine and I would uh, mandate vaccinations for healthcare workers, for, uh, government workers, large industries. I, 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 mean, I would just mandate it. President declared uh, a national emergency or imp- 
implement martial law to do that, and then you'd really have riots in the street. So I don't know what the answer is uh, to get people to uh, take the vaccine, and I don't know the the hesitancy, the red, why they're so reticent to do this. I mean, uh, there's just so much misinformation out there, and it's just a, a, a it's a miraculous invention this new messenger rna vaccine and you know folks if you don't get the vaccine then you're just adding to the problem because if you catch the virus you're just increasing the likelihood of uh, of mutations and and in south africa where maybe 15 to 20 percent of the population is vaccinated you've got a huge pool especially in a city well doc i don't know you can't fight the internet you know what i mean i think that's what we're learning here. You cannot fight the internet. You can't win. Well, but you got to try. You got to try, and and we have to keep shouting from the mountaintop uh, and get people to see. And I, uh, I all I can tell, and I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. And one of my patients, he got his second dose, and a month later, he said he still felt sick. Did you hear that? I I did not know. Okay, good. All right. Somebody just uh, <clears throat> uh, hit me up on my, I'm using my cell phone, so I'm also getting text messages coming in and it makes it noises, you know. <clears throat> but as long as you didn't hear it, Ken, then the folks out in the uh, in the listening land didn't hear it either. So we're good. So at any rate, he said, oh, I'm, I'm sick and it's a month after. And I said, you know, that doesn't make sense. He said, well, I read it that you can be sick after you get the vaccine. And I said, Bill, I haven't seen that in the medical literature that you're sick a month later. Uh, you could have gotten another virus. You could have had uh, the little case of the Delta starting up when you got your second dose. So at any rate, I gave him a short dose of uh, prednisone, and uh, he felt better, and he's okay now. So whatever it was. But, you know, a lot of people are sick this week, or so they think, with this uh, raspy throat and drippy nose and but I don't see anybody with a fever or, you know, chills or body aches or anything, Ken. So I think in our area here in the Tampa Bay area, a lot of this is allergies. I know you were telling me before the show you've been a little a little stopped up, too. Yeah, a little stopped up, <clears throat> a little cough here and there, you know. But uh, my wife's been, you could, she's been the runny nose allergy. Yeah, well, you know, this happens. So should we panic over this Omicron variant? Well, so far, it doesn't seem to be making people that sick. Now, the number of hospitalizations has gone up in South Africa, but they don't know if it's because the school kids are interacting. And, and of course, there's a two to three week delay because the school kids may not necessarily have much symptom. But when they take it home to the parents and the grandparents, and those are the people that are going to end up in the hospital for the most part, uh, then uh, then it's going to take a few more weeks. So you've got a lag time between when this this thing is spreading and when you have the hospitalizations. And it doesn't seem to be any great lines of death. I was so re- folks, I think we're pretty safe. Yeah, I've been reading Sorry. that. It's not. It's, it's it hasn't been that bad for folks who have gotten it. And I've also been reading something else interesting. I don't know if you can address this or not, but um, I was reading uh, last week that an organism like this can actually mutate itself right out of business it's possible and i said that early on that if it mutates enough it'll mutate itself out of business but here's the problem though if it mutates enough that it can't affect humans then it's not going to survive but the 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 variants that can infect humans will continue on so hopefully uh, you know all these different variants will eventually burn themselves out but we don't know if that's going to happen uh Certainly, there's a possibility that we'll end up with a flu-like uh, situation where every year you have to get another booster or another vaccine to cover the new variants that are coming along. So uh, we can thank the Chinese for introducing yet another vaccine <laughs> into our our left and right arms, which, you know, I mean, I don't think it was done on purpose. I think this uh, negligence and stupidity of of course, that, that still makes you culpable. I mean, you can't get out of it, just like the parents of uh, this Crumley kid, you know, uh, negligent, uh, you know, involuntary manslaughter. 
charges are against them. We'll see how that pans out. We'll talk about that some more. But the thing about the Omicron virus is that people who have had the virus and have had a booster shot uh, are apparently immune uh, to the virus. Their antibodies will work against the virus. And this has been shown by uh, one of the researchers up in Rochester, New York. They actually made uh, an Omicron-type virus in the lab and they took that and infected uh, volunteers who had had the virus and had had a booster shot, and uh, it seemed to neutralize the the man-made virus. Well, the other one, you know, the first one was man-made too, but <laughs> yeah, you know, came from, from bats and then it was gain of function on part of humans. And the way this thing works is the spike protein attaches to the human. ACE2 receptor, which is a receptor for the hormones that are involved in blood pressure regulation. We actually use the ACE receptor for some of our medications like Lysenopril, which is pretty common. And so there have been to date uh, 32 significant mutations in this uh, spike protein, and it is trying to find a way to evade our antibodies, but so far it does not seem to be able to, Ken. So again, I tell you folks, your best defense is to get vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, get the booster. You can come on in our office. We've got the vaccine 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And I think it's really, it's just, it's so incumbent upon everybody to jump in and help out Obviously, we're not going to get 100% participation yet, but, you know, if we could get 90% of the population vaccinated, and that's going to be a tall order, even in the United States. Uh, in Canada, they're at about 75%, and we're at about 65% in the United States, and we're probably two of the highest vaccinated uh, Israel and some of the other developed countries are well vaccinated, but it, it, it's, it's just not enough. And we've got to get vaccine down to South Africa. Now, the left-wingers are saying that the reason there's not enough vaccine for the underdeveloped world, and by the way, South Africa is not necessarily an underdeveloped country, and Botswana is not either. That's, as I said last week, that's a fairly affluent country. Uh, that's a middle upper middle class country now, although it didn't used to be. But uh, it's not that there's a maldistribution, it's that there's just no way to to distribute it once you get it there. You have to have uh, different types of storage devices, freezers that go below the normal. So like for the the, uh, Moderna vaccine, you have to have minus 15 degrees centigrade, 20 degrees centigrade freezer. Most freezers don't go that low. And then for the Pfizer, you have to have minus 80. That's that's an expensive freezer. That's four or five thousand dollars for a new one. Now we got a hold of one uh, from one of our buddies who had it in his practice. Uh, he was doing his group was doing research years ago, and they haven't been using it. And so he was happy to get rid of it because it was just burning up energy. And so we had the Pfizer, but you know it's such a headache. And with the Pfizer, Ken, when you order it, you get like twelve hundred doses. You can't get any smaller <laughs> amount of doses. And it goes bad after so many weeks. So if you don't use it up, if you don't have large volume, it, it, it goes to wait. So Moderna seems to be the favorite for everybody right now. Yeah, Moderna is a higher dosage. It's easier to store. And uh, it, it's just generally better overall. And there's no difference between the two, except that the Pfizer is 30 micrograms and Moderna is 100. But once they get into the cell and they're opened up, the RNA is exactly the same, exactly the same. So I'm, almost, we, uh, I'm almost afraid to ask this, Doc. Um, what would happen if this did invade our immune cells, our antibody cells? What would happen then? Will we have well, any protection it, at uh, all against this? Uh, yes, because uh, not all the cells will, will be uh, attacked, but... We know that it attacks uh, cells in the bone marrow, and we know that uh, some of the inflammatory response that causes the microscopic blood clotting in our system and the 
inflammation in our lungs around our little air sacs is caused by uh, cells in our bone marrow where blood, where white, red blood cells and platelets are, are made. And we know that, uh, that this virus does manipulate uh, some of these cells, especially the platelets, and they end up uh, releasing these inflammatory hormones and chemicals that end up causing the blood clots and the, and the clogging in our lungs. And, and, you know, most people die from uh, heart failure because their lungs get so clogged up that you can't get the blood through there. Uh, and that's a big deal. You know, it's, it's a big problem. So we've, we've got, uh, we've got a number of weapons vaccine, which is the first and most important, please get vaccinated. Please do it. Uh, you know, the, the, the more unvaccinated people, the more opportunity this has to spread and mutate. We don't know if we're going to get a good one or a bad one. You know, we went through Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and now we're at Omicron. I don't know why we skipped over the rest of the Greek alphabet. <laughs> is there a prejudice against it? Is it Black Lives Matter? Or something? I'm not sure who decides all this. Beyond me. Well, it's the World Health Organization, so who knows? <laughs> so, um, at any rate, this uh, synthetic virus that they have made in the lab, uh, it looks like it is, and it's got the same tail or the same spike configuration as the Omicron virus. It looks like uh, if you have antibodies already from either vaccination or have disease and a booster shot, you should be okay, but... As I've been saying all along, Ken, the higher your antibody levels, the better your chances are of fighting off the Delta. And now uh, I'm, I'm going to step out on a limb here and say probably the Omicron, too. We'll see in a few weeks as this thing ramps up. And it's moving fast. But the good thing is is that uh, Pfizer and Moderna had both said that had the ability to develop a vaccine to the variants within several weeks, six to eight weeks, and they can have a vaccine and be producing it. That's pretty good. That's, That's pretty, pretty amazing, yeah. Good. But would that, would that, would that, that one would also work against Delta as well? I mean, it doesn't change uh, that much, so it will work against one I, variant and not the other? I, You know, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, the logic of it to me is that if it will attack the Omicron, and we know that the Omicron so far is somewhat sensitive to the antibodies we have now. I would think that the the new vaccine would also uh, attack the Delta. And so what happens is once the antibodies attack the spike protein, then these things can enter our cells. And if they are attached to a cell or they're getting ready to, to burst one of our cells open and release baby viruses, if they're already tagged, then uh, our macrophages, our big eaters, and our killer T cells, uh, which are both in the white blood cell line, they can go out and eat these things up and eat up the cells that have all these little baby viruses in them. They'll, I mean, they actually go and make a mouth-like formation around really? <laughs> just adult, <laughs> yeah, and shoot a little, I don't know what they shoot in there, some, uh, you know, Drano or something in, <laughs> into the little sack. <laughs> And break them suckers down, and uh, that's the end of it. So, we have an amazing immune system, and we have the ability to uh, manipulate our immune system. And uh, that's what vaccines are all about. I don't know why people are picking and screaming about this, and I don't think it's a majority of people. I think it's a, just a vocal minority that are that are raising a fuss because if you already got sixty-five percent of the population that's had the vaccine. In Florida, it's probably 90% for everybody my And the few that refuse to get it, as I told you guys last year or last uh, spring, you know, they get sick and they die. Uh, people my age, they get sick, and uh, a lot of times they die. Death rate goes up as you get older. Deaths are in, in the geriatric population. So, so get that vac- vac- vaccine, get the booster. Don't be one of those people who are laying in a bed somewhere saying, I wish I've gotten the vaccine. It just, it, it's safe. You know, if you care about uh, your family, your parents, your grandparents, your kids, anybody, if you care about your society, your community, get the vaccine, for God's sake. Don't be a ninny. 
And people said, well, I'm afraid of the side effects. Oh, take some Tylenol. So you're, so you got a flu-like illness for a couple of days, and then you're a little tired for a week. Big deal. Get over it. Get back to work. Now, a lot of people have more of a reaction. They complain more. And I, I don't know uh, for sure, but I'm guessing that their immune systems are a little more complex, so they probably do have a little bit more of a reaction. And, uh, you know, my wife looked pretty pale for a couple of days, but she survived. She's fine. It's better than going on a ventilator, you know? Yeah, and she did three loads of laundry so far this morning. She's uh, read a couple chapters in the Bible and uh, yelled at me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and had her coffee and her tea and I don't know what else. <laughs> I heard her, you know, up at 530 and I hear you speak little pitter-patter back and forth for 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, what on earth are you doing? Oh, I'm doing laundry. 5.30 in the morning? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so she's fine. Whatever. Right? Whatever works for her, as long as she's happy. That's what's, that's all that counts for the wife, Doc. That's that's right. And the most important thing is that even though she didn't really understand it, and she's a nurse practitioner, and I hear a lot of nurses and doctors and all kinds of medical people who really have no idea about how this vaccine works and where it came from and what it does, and I explained this to them over and over again. She did take the vaccine, and she was scared, but she took it, and she's fine. And she didn't want to take the booster because the FDA had not yet said, oh, take a booster. You know, so you have to wait till eight months. She said, it's not eight months. I said, you're taking the booster, and that's the end of it. And she took it. And I think we were six months out from our uh, – she was six months out. I was, oh, gosh, ten months, nine months out. But uh, – Certainly, uh, the willingness to listen is what's important and to listen not only to your government, if it makes sense and if they're not trying to step on you too much, but listen to the doctor. You know, listen to me. I'm not here to hurt you. This won't hurt, Ken. Come closer. <laughs> you know, I, I, we're living in a very strange time when people will not believe their doctors, but will believe complete strangers on the Internet. It's just it a, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's just a very strange, very strange time that we're living in. It's just so irrational. And, uh, you know, rather than like my, my patient, Bill, instead of asking me, he went on the Internet to see if someone else was having this. And all, well, of course, somebody's going to have this. You know, people <laughs> don't know. They're going to say, oh, I had the shot and then I developed a toothache. So that was obviously caused <laughs> by, by the vaccine. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I, I listen to you, Doc, and if you tell me to do something, I do it. Okay, Ken. Well, here's an order. I want you to take a break, and I want you to play with your panel and get me back on with my microphone. We'll see what we can do for you, Doc. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The parents of the 15-year-old suspect in that fatal shooting of four students at a Michigan high school have entered not guilty pleas to involuntary manslaughter charges. James and Jennifer Crumley entered their pleas during a Zoom hearing hours after police said they were arrested while hiding in a commercial building in Detroit. A judge set bond at $500,000 for each. The death toll following the eruption of the highest volcano on Indonesia's most densely populated island, Java, has risen to 13 now with seven people still missing. Rains are pounding the region and hampering search efforts today. And a World War II-era veteran who was the last surviving officer of Easy Company, which inspired the HBO miniseries and book Band of Brothers, has passed away. Edward Shames was 99 years old. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Words and music. For the last year, the Federal Reserve has told us inflation is, in a word, transitory. But the Fed can't fight the music of inflation. It's what happens when we print trillions of dollars. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I've built the number one precious metals firm in the country by adding massive value. And Advantage Gold wants to earn your business by doing that for you right now. My best-selling gold inflation index report retails for $500. I want to email it to all serious investors with retirement accounts for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole, no gimmicks. Simply text the letters G-I-I to 49776. I'll email you my best-selling gold inflation report right now. Text G-I-I to 49776. That's G-I-I to 49776. Let Advantage Gold add massive value, and then we'll ask for your business. Text G-I-I to 49776. Charlie Kirk believes we're seeing the decline of America. Right now, there are hundreds of people that run your country, run our military, run our government, that are kind of like, what's the big deal if we lose? Who cares if it's humiliating? What's important is whether or not we get paid. What's important is whether or not my child goes to Harvard. I mean, we do that all the time. That's all we've done is lose over the last 30 years. And we get promoted while doing it. The Charlie Kirk Podcast, available on SalemPodcastNetwork.com and everywhere podcasts are heard. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Pleasant with a mix of sun and clouds, high 80. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 64. Sun and areas of high clouds in the morning tomorrow, then cloudy in the afternoon, high 79. Tuesday, intervals of clouds and sunshine, high 82. Planned with confidence, download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Brian May for AM860, The Answer. Problems here. I think it's Ken's fault. He thinks it's fine, but we'll figure it out. At any rate, <clears throat> so we talked about the Omicron virus, and uh, now I wanted to touch a little bit on this Crumley situation. You know, the uh, parents were arrested, Ken, 
and charged with involuntary manslaughter. And I know you have some feelings about this. You think that they should not be charged, right? I thought that was a little severe, yes. I mean, charge them with the not locking up their guns, whatever you got there, but um, I thought that was a little severe. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the meaning of involuntary manslaughter is uh, the idea of gross negligence, and that's hard to prove, uh, but if you know that there are risks involved and you don't take adequate measures to, to protect people, then you may be, you know, you may be liable for those actions. So the prosecutor is saying that uh, the family, the parents had a responsibility to uh, pay attention to the warning signs that this kid was was displaying, uh, the thoughts of violence and uh, uh, threatening and drawing pictures of, of violence and killing people and telling people that he couldn't stop these thoughts that were going through his head. Uh, so the, they'll have to prove that the parents knew the situation was dire and that uh, just by exercising some caution, uh, they, they could have prevented this. But here's some of the, of the facts leading up to it, at least so far, that we have. Uh, we don't know that this is for sure, but apparently the father took the kid out uh, to a gun store and bought him a Sig Sauer a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and the mother took him to the shooting range. So uh, that in and of itself says that they are at least somewhat involved. And that anytime you have a teenager, uh, especially a volatile young male of the species, and not that I was ever one, Ken, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I had guns from when I was a little kid. I got a BB gun when I was six or seven, and I shot a few kids, but uh, they survived that. But uh, by the time I was 12, I had a shotgun and pistol. And by the time I was 16, I had a rifle. And, I, you know, I was acquainted with, with weapons, and I knew to respect them. But in a drunken rage, I can't say that I would not have done something crazy. However, this was not a drunken rage. This kid uh, was having uh, psychiatric problems, and he was threatening. Uh, the family, the parents were called to the school, and uh, instead of, taking him home, they talked the school into keeping him there, which, in my opinion, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and I don't know why the school agreed to that, and even sent him back into the classroom. And you know what? Nobody checks, checked his backpack to what? see if he had the gun. That's my, that's my uh, question. Why didn't anybody search everything the kid had on him? That's a school, that's a school problem. I mean, that's a school failure, my, in my opinion. Well, I think it's both both the school and the parents have a responsibility, but you know, as a physician, of course, people aren't trained to ask the questions that we do as doctors. Even a lot of doctors uh, are, are reticent to ask questions like, uh, are you thinking of, of hurting yourself or killing yourself? These are questions you have. Uh, are you thinking of hurting or killing anybody else? Are you fantasizing about, about uh, hurting someone? Are you fantasizing about guns or knives, about choking people or, or doing something mean and evil and violent? And uh, you hear voices or do you hear God or the devil talking to you? Usually it's God or the devil, uh, not that there's either one actually talking or that there are even gods or devils at all. It's just that that's so ubiquitous in the cultures uh, that uh, that's who people hear. They hear when they're psychotic, they hear God or the devil. And, uh, you know, Abraham heard God, told him to go out and kill his son and uh Nowadays, we lock him up and fill him full of antipsychotics because he's obviously schizophrenic. And a lot of people who start religions are, are a little wacky. Uh, but that's another time and another story. So we've got some history here. We've got some case law in, in, in Michigan. The, uh, this guy, Jam Jamel James, instituted 15 years in prison for involuntary manslaughter back in 2000 because he left a gun in a, in a shoebox that a six-year-old took to school and killed another six-year-old with. And uh, there was another case uh, in, 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 uh, in Michigan where a nine-year-old uh, was killed by his 10-year-old uh, sister in uh, a case where a gun was left out where they could play with it. So that guy was also convicted of involuntary manslaughter. So 
this comes down to not only the uh, the facts of the case, but also to the case uh, law and the case law are the cases that have been tried. And historically, that's what judges look back at and see what the precedent is. So here's the questions we have to ask. Why did they buy him a gun? Uh, did they show uh, disregard? And the mother texted him after the school said he was using his phone, I guess it was the day before, to try to buy some uh, ammo online for his 9mm Sig Sauer. And that's a pretty potent gun, a 9mm. That's a nice weapon, too, a Sig Sauer. A good action on that thing. At any rate, then the mother texted back, ha ha, I'm not mad at you, uh, but you know you have to learn not to get caught. And that, to me, is a highly inappropriate response to a kid who's using his cell phone at school to try and purchase ammo uh, and when he's talking about killing people. You know, you know that's, yeah. that, that's, a little, that's a little overboard. And, and then the parents ran and hid. I mean, if they felt that they had nothing uh, to worry about, if they didn't think they had done anything wrong, why did they try to evade uh, – uh, arrest and you know they were caught in a warehouse some friend of theirs had put them in a in his storage you know one of those nine by twelve storage things you can rent i guess they were hiding in there and the police caught up with them but why are you hiding i don't get it and the father had actually ca- called the school or the police when the shooting started and said that the gun was missing and he thought it might be his son who was who was shooting well i mean if you've already admitted you're in, you're involved in some way, you know, you got to man up and, and come out. Obviously, this is not a healthy family. This is not a healthy situation. So how do you, how do you uh, correct this? Well, I mean, if you intervene early when the kid's five, six, seven, uh, you get, the, you know, my idea of more social workers or, or foster grandparents or whatever coming into these homes and helping these families out, learn how to raise a kid, uh, you might uh, avoid some of this, but if not, what can you do? You have to have a deterrent, right? Yes, sir. I mean, I, I don't know what else you do. You have to have some kind of deterrent. And uh, in, in the in the uh, game of life, the biggest deterrent is you go to prison or you get killed for what you've done. Uh, there's different levels of, of sickness. And some sickness, you go to the doctor. Some, you go to the hospital. Some, you go to a psychiatric hospital. Some, you go to prison. There are social sicknesses that are so so bad that you have to lock people up. And this is, I think, what's going to happen to these folks, that they're going to end up doing a couple of years. Uh, and it's going to send a message throughout the country. Uh, is it right or wrong that they're, they're being tried? I don't know. I think this is a legal question and not a moral question. I think this is a self-preservation question and uh, not a right or wrong question. And th- that in my opinion, uh, is it's, it's, it's important to distinguish between morality and the law. They may overlap, or they may not can. You know, there may be laws that don't seem moral, but they keep order in society. And there may be morality issues which the law doesn't address, or that the law can't address because the Supreme Court says you can't tell people what they can or can't do in their bedroom. Yeah, it's, it's extremely it's almost impossible sometimes to legislate morality. Yeah, you can't legislate no. morality. That's something that you learn and it's a societal thing and uh, you know I, I had a, there was a guy named he's dead now so I can say, say his name Dr. Kamut and he was this real staunch Catholic and real arrogant guy and, and uh we were arguing about the existence of God. And I said, well, you can't prove there's a God. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's not even relevant. And he said, well, how can you have morals and values? Like Camusi, morals and values are societal. They're not given by gods. They're given by people. And the morals and values of the 11th century are not the morals and values of the 21st century. Things change. You know, in the 11th century, it was okay to go and, and, uh, and fight the Crusades and kill Muslims. Well, Jesus said, don't fight. Now, it's not right to go and, and, and man a crusade against Islam. I mean, it's okay to go and fight terrorism, uh, whether it's under the name of Islam or whatever, but it's not okay to single out Muslims in our current morality and say it's okay to kill them. So there's a big difference now. 
in the moral and the morals and values of the 11th and the 21st century. Called and progress. Even in yeah. the, well, it's called change. I mean, even even sexual morality has changed since the introduction of birth control and the sexual revolution of the uh, 60s. So things have changed, and uh, whether it's right or wrong, it's not for me to say. Uh, I know my own personal uh, set of morals and values, and I live by them. And if you think that I can't have morals and values, things, I don't go to church. Then you really don't understand how this works. But I'll tell you this, Ken. I've asked this of people, and I asked them. I said, if you knew, if you found out tomorrow, absolutely, positively, unequivocally, that there was no God, would you still lead the moral life that you're leading? And some people will say, well, yeah. And a lot of people will say, no, I don't think I could. You know what? Those people need to keep going to church. They need to keep <laughs> going to temple. They, they do. I mean, really, they need, they need some uh, moral oversight. And I think that it's the same in a, in, a, in a situation like this where you have parents who don't know how to handle what they've got, and they need oversight. Uh, should we have mandatory parenting classes? Probably. Do you think that'll go over? No. <laughs> you know, there's, there's just people who don't know. I mean, they're young. Or they have the, the, uh, they just maybe they just I refuse think, to believe it. They just don't want to believe it. And denial. Yeah. But you know, denial. He who hides his disease cannot expect to be cured. And if you're in denial, then you're you're going to have a hard time getting taken care of. It's just that simple. So, as tough as it is to overcome denial, uh, you, you got to. Uh, step back and take a deep breath and, and and of course they're emotionally involved and they don't want to think there's anything wrong with their kid you know yeah. i mean nobody does but uh <clears throat> i guess being in medicine all these years no there's wrong with there's something wrong with everybody we've all got problems you know what i mean yeah sure i mean not this egregious you know not this bad but i don't know everybody's it's got bad. quirks you know a little weird this here or there yeah. And we have to accept that and, and, and work with it or around it or through it or get it fixed. Uh, you know, it's like this uh, vaccination situation. Uh, we got to get people vaccinated. How do we do it? Well, you just keep hammering away. You know, you'd be a good parent. Uh, you provide good parenting. Uh, I'm not a parent of, of my patients, but I do parenting functions. You know, they look to me for advice and direction like you do when it comes to medical things. And that's what we have to do. That's part of our job as parents. And whether you're the parent of a child or you're a doctor or a a lawyer or a policeman who's providing parenting functions in society, you got a responsibility and you got to take it seriously. So we'll see what's going to happen. Now, there's there's certainly uh, some big hurdles that they have to jump. And uh, much of this is going to come down to what the Crumleys knew at the time and what was told to them, and whether or not they should have taken their son home, and uh, was the gun locked up, did it have a trigger lock on it, uh, were there bullets, did the kid get a hold of a, if it was locked, did the kid somehow get a hold of a key and break in? I mean, then that's a different story. Uh, but, you know, so far, it looks like they think that they're, they're, they're feeling guilty. You don't run if you're not guilty. That, I just well, about to say that. You don't, you don't run like that, yeah. No, and, and I mean, I would run just on general principles because I'm afraid of the police. <laughs> I think they're out to get me. <laughs> well, as you should, but, as soon you know, as you it, use your ATM, they'll know exactly where you are. So, and that's, I don't use ATM. That's what happened. I don't use ATM. I haven't used an ATM since 1988. They have ATMs in 88? They did. They, they did? were just coming yeah. out and. Yeah, and we were in a nice neighborhood, and somebody was up at the shopping center using a you know freestanding ATM. Somebody came by and shot and killed and took their money, mm. killed them for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm not going up there. <laughs> I ain't doing that. See, I so, don't. I don't use cash. I haven't used cash really since the pandemic began. As soon as it started, one of the first things I said is, "You don't want to be touching money." So I just went right to my debit card and just used it, and still using it today. Because money is some yeah. of the, the dirtiest stuff around, really. Well, I, I'm not worried about it spreading by touches as an airborne virus. But uh, 
people are being safe. That's good. I mean, it shows you're concerned. So at any rate, and, and remember in Michigan, there's no law against owning a gun, and there's no law against a 15-year-old owning a gun. Did you know that? I did not know that. But it does you, not uh, have laws requiring gun owners to secure weapons when children are present at home. So if there's no law uh, to secure the weapon, then it comes down to uh, are you being negligent if you don't secure the weapon? That's a big question for the for the jury and the courts to look at, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a real dogfight. Well, considering they put to... considering they put people in jail previously for this, I would think it's not looking good for them in Michigan anyway. The law is probably completely different in Wisconsin. And maybe that's part yeah. of the problem. Maybe the laws are just too widely varied from state to state. But then again, well, we can't they, really have yeah. national laws, so. Well, but the Supreme Court can rule on Second Amendment issues. Now, I don't think this is a Second Amendment issue, although the left would like it to be. But I don't think it rises to that. But the prosecutors also have to prove two elements, according to an article in the Detroit newspaper. The easier one is factual causation. uh, But for the actions of the parents in, in failing to safeguard the gun, their son could not have got the gun and committed the shootings. And then the second uh, and harder component is proximate causation, which asks whether it was reasonably foreseeable to the parents that if they did not store the gun, their son would commit this crime. And that's going to be the harder thing to prove because, of course, the parents are going to say, I think he was that crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to say the school know, like, let him stay. I mean, we asked the school to let him stay, and they said, sure. You. So. Yeah. And I. The, Although you know, schools can be sued out the laws. Oh, you know that. Gosh. That's going to happen, yeah. That was really stupid. The first thing they should have done is search his backpack. Yeah. And the school counselor should have been there and asked the hard questions, which hopefully the school counselor is trained to do, which is, are you thinking about killing anybody? Are you thinking about killing yourself or hurting yourself? Are you fantasizing about guns and, and blood and uh, carnage? I mean, and if the kid says yes to any of those, you know, you take him down to uh, the children's psychiatric unit and get him admitted. He's got problems. Are you hearing voices? Yep. What do they tell you? Kill. <laughs> you yeah. better lock that boy up. <laughs> you better lock him up. Well, yeah. The, 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 the fact that there was no search of the, of the boy's book bag or anything else was inexcusable, in my opinion. I agree 100%. And uh, that, that, that's going to be a big issue when it gets to court. Uh, and, and the parents are going to bail out and say, well, look, this, like you just said, the school, they're as culpable as we are because they let him stay. Yeah, they're uh, the experts. You know, they know kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, you would think that the school counselor would have some input into this and would be able to ask some, some of these questions and, and, and get this uh, up to another level. But uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Sometimes schools, anyway. I, you know, I, I, I did news for 20 years, and uh, I dealt with a lot of school districts and superintendents and principals. They don't like to talk about anything bad, and they will no. they will do everything they can, I'm sure, to keep it out of the news, keep it out of the public. And sometimes I think that, that attitude doesn't serve the students well. No, it's to the detriment of everybody in this case. You know, not only are kids dead, and injured, but uh, teachers are traumatized, families are destroyed, uh, uh, school systems are in chaos, and uh, you know the the only people that win in these situations are the lawyers. Yeah. They're the only ones. Yeah, the insurance companies going to lose money. Uh, these parents are going to go to jail probably for a, a year or two. Not a good situation. I Not wouldn't see some. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some uh, school board officials maybe. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you, you, if the school counselor was there, you got to ask, what was he or she thinking? Yeah. I mean, that, you know, they, they need to be retrained. And this is, again, my cry. Uh, this is one area I'm liberal that we get more social workers. We need another 100,000 social workers across the country. And we need more training and we need more intervention. And it doesn't always work. You know, my sister uh, was a social worker, and she'd go in and try and do like a foster grandparent and help people clean up their houses and stop abuse and all that. And uh, she said she seemed to have them in order, and then she'd leave, and six months later she had to go back, and garbage was piled up. And 
Mm. Kids were being beaten. I mean, you know, it's hard to change these patterns. Yeah. And even when you get, even when you can with uh, medication, sometimes the patient just doesn't take the medication. Yeah. And you, I mean, you can't stand there. We used to be able to do this with uh, psychiatric hospitals and mandatory incarceration in psychiatric hospitals and, and tuberculosis hospitals. That we could force people to take their medications. But, you know, Geraldo Rivera came into that with the, uh, his big expose of the nursing homes up in New York back in the 60s, late 50s, early 60s, because people were thinking, well, you know, back then, Probably that was not unusual. It's still not unusual. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but there, I mean, I, I worked at uh, the nursing home where the, the, they took care of psychiatrically uh, and uh, mentally uh, deranged older people, you know, uh, who, were, who were demented or who were bad personality disorders and at the end of their, their lives. And people from the federal prison, state prisons were sent there the, they got too old to be taken care of in the prisons, and they were, you know, they were rapists, murderers, child molesters, but they were burnt out. And you see them sitting in their poop. Doc, we're down, Doc. We're down. we're down to about a minute, Doc. You want to talk about uh, getting a shot one more time? Let's remind the folks they can do that at your office at will, pretty much. At will. And just walk in, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Please bring your little white card. If it's a booster shot, bring your insurance information so we can get a little something for our efforts. We don't bill you anything directly. And uh, 727-384-6411. And I'm Dr. Bill. All right, Dr. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.